This past week, I was down south in this country, where probably some of you know it feels where it feels like the air is sticking to your skin. <laughs> you know that feeling? So different than here in Flagstaff, in this where we don't have humidity. And I was down there to, um, I was meeting with some colleagues. There was a small group of us where we were discussing a program that was centered around mindfulness and racial diversity, and really discussing how mindfulness uh, brings this whole collective dimension to our lives and to our communities. And the setting was so interesting. So it was, you know, it was, here I was in this city in the south with some friends in an all-white neighborhood, and they were two black women, lesbians, living in this all-white neighborhood, whose neighbor had a Confederate flag. Mm. And it, it was so poignant in terms of, to me, what mindfulness, a lot of mindfulness is about, especially how I'm situated being a white guy, is beginning to know what I don't know. And so what do I mean by that in this, this context? You know, for me, walking around in that neighborhood, that's a certain world, a certain perspective that I have, a certain experience that's there because of what I know and don't know, because of how this mind has been conditioned. And for them, being women, being black, being lesbian, in the South, in the city, that's a whole different experience. That's a whole different world. And what I notice with this practice of mindfulness is I begin to know at least to, to, to begin to know at least what I don't know, which is a kind of knowing that's so important, I think, both kind of internally and externally. And you could say that this, this beginning to know what I don't know, you could say is the definition of wisdom. So uh, the, the Pali word for wisdom, Pali being the early scriptural language of Buddhism, the Pali word is panya, and it, it derives from the word pajanati, which means to know. So, so wisdom is this activity of beginning to know, beginning to know what I don't know. And on the spiritual path, it's a kind of beginning to know what I don't know that leads to freedom, to my freedom and hopefully to a kind of freedom that, that percolates into our communities and into our society. And I'm sure many of you know this experience of beginning to know what you don't know, in particular, you know, in meditation, in your internal experience. You know, you, you begin to know the habits of your mind, the thought patterns, the emotions, the whole world of sensations. Or you might begin to know actually how anger feels in the body, how sadness feels. Or I notice that when I feel fear, it's interesting, when I feel fear, it leads to all these huge storms of self-judgment and self-hatred. Oh, interesting, fear? Oh, and then negative self-talk. Interesting, that's how this mind works. I begin to know what I don't know about this mind, that there are these patterns that start to crop up. Or I begin to notice, oh, so much of my thinking, my thinking that goes so quickly is fueled by worry. Oh, that's the, that's the emotion 
underneath these thought patterns. Or it could be the opposite of beginning to notice, which we've spoken about here. There are these moments of joy and contentment and peace that are actually happening in my day-to-day -day life. When I'm out for a hike or when I'm with a friend, interesting, and the mind doesn't notice them. Oh, this is the practice. Oh, to, to begin to know what I don't know about how this heart, how this mind functions. I didn't know these things, and now I do. And maybe you, some of you have had this experience with meditation. It's, it feels like there's whole worlds in there, just within a moment of experience. That oh, It's just not one world. There's whole worlds, whole universes that exist within my experience. That's, that's what I love about the Zen Master Dogen. He talks about that that's part of the practice is to see like there's whole worlds in this moment or even in a single drop of water. So wisdom, beginning to know what we didn't know. And then from there, what happens? From there, when I begin to know what I don't know, what I didn't know, I can respond skillfully. I can, for example, have more compassion around myself, around emotion. I notice when I, when I notice that these are just emotions that are popping up in my experience and I really don't have control over them, my heart softens. There's, there's a response where I soften towards myself rather than give myself a hard time. Or it could be the simple response to my internal experience of finally getting to the point where I actually don't believe all the crazy thoughts that happen every day. <laughs> the relief from that. I'm so glad I have moments where I don't believe my thoughts. <laughs> Phew. <laughs> and as I said, this, this whole process of beginning to know what we don't know happens in the relational field, like with the, the example I gave at first. And I feel that this is what the Buddha is speaking about, too. The, the Buddha, uh, uh, in this discourse called The Four Foundations of Mindfulness, which is kind of the bedrock of where so much of these mindfulness practices come from, he talks about internal mindfulness and external mindfulness. So I'm aware of what's going on in my experience, like what I was just, just describing to you, but also a kind of external mindfulness. And again, this kind of beginning to know what we don't know or didn't know that leads to freedom. So some more examples of this. So a relative of mine. He's this big white guy. And <laughs> this important. And his car was in the shop and it was he was getting it uh Fixed, so he had to go to the a car rental place and to rent a car. He and his colleague were going to be taking a trip. <clears throat> and on that day, there were not a lot of choices of cars to get. And the person working at the rental place said, hey, why don't you just take this, this truck, this four-wheel drive truck? And he's like, okay, you know, i got to get, get on the road. So he gets the, the truck, and um, he goes over to his colleague's house to go pick him up, who's an older African-American man. And when he arrives and pulls up, he looks at the face of his friend, and his friend's face is bewildered, really. 
um, really in a state of shock. And his colleague says to him, wow, you know, you know, this is really difficult for me, given growing up where I did, he lives in, you know, growing up where I did, it's really intense for me to actually get into a car with a white man in a pickup truck because of all the experiences I had around white men in pickup trucks. You know, so here was this moment, this moment for my relative of beginning to know what he didn't know. This is the dawning of wisdom, right? With that, that moment, he discovers there's whole worlds just in this moment, right? There's, there's whole worlds even in the scene of a truck with a white man in it. Right? Whole worlds, even in a single drop of water. And from there, as I mentioned, when I begin to know what I didn't know, to fully know that, to get a sense of that, ah, then, then we can respond skillfully. And so, of course, he says to his colleague, wow, this makes so much sense. I'm going to go back, get another car to rent, and then we'll go. Like, the response is right there, to know, when I begin to know what I didn't know. So you can say, we each inhabit a, a different world from each other based on our conditioning. Yeah, these, these worlds cross over. So yes, similarities and differences that we're not always aware of. And what I've noticed is that it can be quite challenging to see other worlds because I inhabit a certain world that's based on my conditioning and my certain conditioning makes it difficult to sometimes recognize other worlds. So let me give some examples of that of like how my world, my, you could say my perspective, I'm using this term world to really connote, to denote, you know, the conditioning and how it shapes how I see the world. Like it's interesting, I can, I feel like I can walk down most any street in this country with my partner, Robin, and there she is. And when we walk down the streets in most cities, we love to hold hands. And when I reach out to hold her hand in a public setting, I never think about my safety, right? It never crosses my mind. But there's many of my friends that that's not the case. So it's like the world I inhabit makes it difficult sometimes for me to see the things that I don't know about. Or even could be simpler than that. Again, in this country, most of the time when I walk alone at night, I never think about my safety. It never crosses my mind when I'm walking at night alone. And yet, maybe like me, I'm sure you have many friends where that's not their experience. I don't know what I don't know. 
because of the world I live in, the world I inhabit. And this is wisdom, beginning to know what I don't know. I remember this experience. This was many years ago. I was living in London, and I was living in a community. It was kind of this community for people living on the streets, and then there was volunteers there. And one of the guys there, it was a cause for celebration. He had gotten an apartment, which was a huge thing. We were really excited about it. So we were like, hey, let's, let's go get something to eat. So we're all with them. And we go to a place to get fish and chips. And when we walk in, and we're like beginning to order, I begin to touch upon the thing I don't know. Because I begin to notice the way he's, his eyes are flitting about the huge menu above and how he's looking to everyone else, and he looks so nervous. And then it dawns upon me about how he's socially located, his history. And then I realize he can't read. And then again, there's that moment I begin to know what I don't know. Right? I discover there's whole worlds around just a menu up in a restaurant. It's not just one world. Oh, and then, then I can respond skillfully. So easy. I begin to talk out loud about what's on the menu. He doesn't have to have the embarrassment of not knowing how to read, and then we can navigate it together. Right? The world I inhabit can make it difficult for me to touch what I really don't know. I so easily assume that everybody around me knows how to read. And systemically it happens, you know, in all kinds of ways. So Robin, my partner, her dad had what was, what's called uh, red-green color blindness, which means that the color red and the color green you can't distinguish. You see if you have red-green red, uh, color blindness. And the town that they lived in decided to make the stoplights from vertical to horizontal. <laughs> you already know the story. Right? He, he was used to being able to navigate traffic lights because he knew when the light was red and green because of where they were located on the thing. But once it turned horizontally, he had no idea if it was red or green. It wasn't like he got a letter in the post box explaining this. So a whole system not knowing of others. And I think what's so important about this is it's not like there were evil people at the city that were against people with red, green, colored blindness. They just didn't know. And that's something really very important for me to remember about myself around any kind of wisdom, whether it's a wisdom that I gain about my own emotions or about my own thought process or about how I'm impacting other people. I just don't know. And I don't know what I don't know. 
that allows my heart to soften. And when I get hurt by someone who doesn't know what they don't know, I can really understand what that process is like. So important. How to engage in this, beginning to know what you don't know, beginning to realize there are whole worlds just in this very moment. And I think the first important point that I try to remember is how important it is for me to remember that I don't know. <laughs> Because where I like to reside in my mind is I know. What do I think about during the day? What I know. <laughs> and it's like that's where my f mind sometimes seems like it's trying to find solace, is the things I know about. It get, gets reinforced so strongly in our lives. How did you get the job that you got? You probably convinced somebody that you know something. How did you pass all your classes? You convinced somebody that you knew something. And yet spiritual practice is quite the opposite of that kind of conditioning. Reinforcing, oh, I don't know. There's a classic Zen story about this. Always good short Zen stories where there's a monk, Fayan, and of course all good Zen stories have, on the opposite side, a Zen master. <laughs> and Fayan is on pilgrimage with a bunch of his friends, fellow monastics, and they're going from temple to temple. And they come across, across this uh, Zen master, this hermit, Dizong, and uh, he comes out to greet them. And he asks, he asks them, asks Fayan in particular, where are you going? And Fayan says, well, on pilgrimage, wherever my feet take me. Which I think is a great answer. And then Dizong asks him, what do you expect from pilgrimage? And you have to remember, Zen masters are not just trying to be polite. They're usually trying to prod, to poke. Who is this monastic in front of me? What kind of understanding or realization is in front of me? And Fayan says, I don't know. And Dizong says, ah, ah, not knowing is most intimate. I remain intimate with my experience when I have that not knowing mind. I remain intimate with my experience when I have that not knowing mind, you know, whether myself or, or around others. And I think it's important to be clear, the way I read the story is I don't feel like Fayan was trying to be the clever Zen, you know, master. He was just being honest. He just didn't know what was going to happen on pilgrimage. Something that simple. And it's a, a particular kind of not knowing 
And it's the not knowing and realizing I inhabit a particular world. And the particular world that I inhabit, no matter what world it is, in some way is going to make it difficult for me to see other worlds. So I need to remember that I don't know about other worlds that are happening, for example, right now, in this moment, in this room. There's a whole multiplicity of worlds right now. What is it like to hold that? To have a sense of this multiplicity of worlds, not just one world. And, and I find it, it counters a, a habit of, I've seen in my mind, especially around more tense kinds of situations, which is, it's not only that I, I inhabit this one world or my world, it's kind of the Buddha uses the phrase to kind of describe what comes with that of the sense of only this is true and anything else is wrong. You ever have that, that sense? Boy, I know that. It's so addictive. And I think this is, this is where it gets so tricky of beginning to know what I don't know around the people I have difficulty with, the people I dis disagree with. Because that's where I feel like I really know that I'm really right and only this is true and anything else is wrong. As the, the great Russian novelist uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky said, he said, nothing is easier than to denounce the evildoer. And yet, nothing is more difficult than to understand them. What is it like to engage in the process around those people, around that you meet? Oh, I didn't know these things, and now I do. I discover whole worlds just in this moment of experience, not just one world. And then to respond skillfully from there. And I want to be really clear. When I, when I talk about understanding people I disagree with, it doesn't mean I stop disagreeing or I change my values or I start to live in a merely relativistic world where I feel like all, all values I'm going to put on the same plane. That would be like erasing a spiritual path. It's important to have values. But what is it like for me to begin to understand the values of someone that's so different than me? So I hope you're hearing within this reflection, this beginning to know what I don't know, especially on this collective level. There's whole worlds in this moment. How it creates freedom for myself, but it also creates freedom for our communities, like this community. That's why I always like to say at these Monday nights, you know, this isn't about believing something. It's about exploring something together and to allow for a multiplicity, even to allow for disagreement. Because that's, that's where the real richness is.
is in that, in that multiplicity. Yeah. I, was just, I was just listening to so many podcasts around so many interesting things. <laughs> Such an interesting podcast around creativity. And when they look at working groups that have mo uh, more differences in them, especially cultural differences, more creativity comes out of that process. When you have different perspectives on the same thing, all kinds of new things pop out. You know, that, that's what carries us along as a community, as individuals. As long as I can begin to know what I, what I don't know. So tonight, we'll begin. We'll begin again with the sitting meditation where we're getting the foundation tools around this. Can I come into my internal experience with that sense of, interesting, I don't know what's going on right now. Can I just notice what's going on? with fresh eyes, that curiosity, that openness to notice what I discover, even if it's around the mind wandering. What is the wandering mind like? What's the sleepy mind like? What's the irritated mind like? That curiosity. So let's take a minute or two just to stretch and move around and then we'll begin to sit together. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.